This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or if you're listening to the Warning Program. We're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. It's a live staff audience. Today I'm going to talk about the total generosity is God's heart. People have been celebrating today, yesterday, tomorrow, what some people call Easter. We rather call it the more biblical name, Resurrection Day or the Feast of First Fruits. Again, Easter, the fertility goddess. I don't like to use that type of terminology. But Passover deals with unleavened bread, first fruits, resurrection. Passover, Jesus, the death angel, passed over our sins. The death angel, if you were under the blood, the firstborn were not killed in your household. Unleavened bread, again, deals with sin. Jesus covered our sin, he took our penalty, and Again, first fruits. He rose from the dead, and that's why we can live today without fear of dying. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, and look at my programs I have for these days. I also have a teaching on Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. You can see it on my website, you can see it on the Rumble television channel, Roku television channel. YouTube, television channel, and others. Again, total generosity is God's heart, and that's what the first fruits resurrection is all about. Passover, unleavened bread, total generosity. Jesus gave it all. God gave it all. More than any human being could give or understand. I have coveted no one silver or gold or apparel, yes. You yourselves know that these hands have provided my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way, but I labor like this, that you must support the weak. And remember the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus. He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. That's in Acts 20. 33 through 35. So the early apostles had the revelation of the generosity of God's heart. Paul was speaking to the elders of the Ephesians church. He explained the value he placed on giving. And we just read it. 
Point number one, why in Paul's view was it more blessed to give than to receive? I believe we can sum it up by saying that when we receive, we get something out of it. But when we give, we become something. More like God that gave it all. What we become is infinitely more valuable than what we get in this life. Our goal is to become more like God in our attitudes and our actions. And by becoming a generous person, we are becoming more like God, who is the greatest and most generous giver of all. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It would have been great enough if God had just given us his Son to redeem us from sin so we could escape hell and be with him in heaven forever. But after giving us Jesus, he freely gave us all things. That's what it says. He gave us all things. Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Paul told the Ephesians that God was not just merciful, but he was rich in mercy. He explains the extravagant giving heart of God, who after giving and forgiving, giving us his son, forgiving us our sins, he raised us up to share the throne of his exalted son. This would be like you and I appearing before a judge for a crime that we're convicted of, we're guilty, and being totally forgiven and freed from the penalty. Now that, you are forgiven and you're made the mayor of the city. I, th I think that would be something to shout about. I think we could not even imagine. Here you're sentenced to death, you're guilty, and the judge just forgives it all. And then makes you the mayor of the city. Think about it. How would you react? I think the word awesome comes to mind that we should be so grateful at the awesomeness of God in his forgiving us, in his generosity, making us joint heirs. But so many Christians just nonchalant take it for granted. That would be so merciful if the judge did that to you and I. That would be a generous move toward us and much more than we ever expected or deserved. This is what God has done for us after forgiving us. He positioned us to experience the richness of his kindness toward us in the ages to come. What generosity is this? Again, the title of my message, Total Generosity is God's Heart. How appropriate on Resurrection Day. On the Passover season, the weekend. Passover, unleavened bread, resurrection, eternal life, sins forgiven. Somebody taking our penalty of death and then making us join heirs. Ephesians 2, 4-7, But God who is rich in mercy, 
because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In the ages to come. We can't even fathom it. I don't believe, other than I belabored it a little bit right now, you even fathomed his generosity. We have no earthly idea how good it's going to get in the future with God. But I think it's safe to say that we are going to be extremely happy and content forever because of his good plans for us. Again, the word awesome. Awesome. The more we know about the word of God, the more we realize how awesome God is. I know that word is used a lot, but truly, it's relevant here. How awesome is God? Point number two. Paul knew that generosity was key to the revival going on in the early church. The reason being God shows up the strongest where people are most like him. God shows up the strongest where people are most like God. The generosity of God. When we give, we become more like God. And the more we give, the more God-like we become and we walk in that image as well as I believe in that anointing. God shows up, again, the strongest where people exhibit the generosity of God. When they become more like God. Think about it. Where are you the most comfortable? Among strangers or people you can relate to? We read in the book of Acts how these people who were freshly imparted by the life of God filled with the Holy Spirit, were so spent, you know, spontaneously generous. They went way beyond just giving, but they gave and gave what they didn't need anyway. Selling their own property, giving it to other believers who were in need of basic essentials of life. For this reason, I believe there was great grace released in their midst, and the miraculous continued to manifest. Notice in the following passage and passages that we're going to read how a verse on power is sandwiched between two verses on generous giving. Acts 4, 32-35. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, one soul, Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, see, power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Why? Because of their generous giving. Great power, great grace, more like God. All authority, all power. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as had possessions of lands or houses sold them, brought the prices of things that were sold, laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distributed them, was made accordingly. Every man according to his need. Wow! 
the more generous, the more like God we become. With power. With grace. My grace is sufficient for thee, Jesus said. His grace would be sufficient. What about your grace? It seems that generosity was a significant theme in the minds of the apostles and that they role-modeled this virtue as a standard for believers to follow, always looking for opportunity to commend openly those who practiced it was generous to give. They mentioned it. They used people as a role model. You know, the widow who gave it all. The Macedonian Christians were prime examples of people who wouldn't be refused the opportunity to give. Even out of their own deep poverty, they gave generously to help the suffering, the family of God. Where? In Jerusalem. Paul was deeply moved by their godliness in this regard and provided the means for their offering to taken to relieve their brothers and sisters in Christ. The Macedonian church. We've all heard of it. Out of their need they gave. This great generosity was a manifestation of the grace of God operating in them. Great grace. Great power. Jesus commented on the generosity. Remember of the certain widow in giving as she stood near the temple treasury observing the giving practices of people. Mark 12, 41 through 44. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in as much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrum. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Again, Mark 12, 41 through 44. Many times in churches, they probably look and see who gives the most and probably treat them accordingly. But Jesus would judge it a little differently. Jesus judges the person's heart. How much sacrifice did they give compared to this other person? Was there any sacrifice and they gave abundance? That's why we know that only God can truly judge. Only God can be our judge. Man will fail each and every time. Point number three. Jesus also valued the quality of generosity in the lives of people during his time on earth. He defines generosity by the amount given in relationship to the amount possessed. Rich people may have large amounts to give to charities, some for the right reasons, others for tax benefits that they receive by the government. God always looks at the motives behind our actions, rewards us accordingly. What is the motive? I know in some places, in some countries, there are no tax benefits to give to the church. A lot of countries. So this becomes a little bit more of the motive for giving 
out of the love of God. Are we going to give when there's no tax benefits? This poor widow, to give all she had, meant that she placed other needs above her own needs. She was free from the spirit of poverty. She had great faith in God to provide for her own needs. So again, it says she was free from the spirit of poverty. Why? Because a poor person doesn't give. But she was free from selfishness. Jesus would say that she great with, you know, gave with great generosity. And again, total generosity is God's heart. That's the title of the message. Total generosity. That's why we have Resurrection Day. Once again, Passover season. Our sins were passed over. We did not become a victim of the death angel. Unleavened bread. Jesus died on the cross. Passing over our sins, our judgment, taking it on his own body, the penalty. That's why, again, there's a point in Scripture that torments people. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? God could not look at his own son because God was pure. His son had the sins of the world. And the sins of the world were condemned and judged forever removed from God. So at that moment, with the sins of the world, God could not even look at his own son, but allowed his own son to die for your sins and mine so we could live. Again, great generosity. Proverbs eleven twenty five through 26. There is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right. But it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich and he who vote waters will also be watered himself. So these are the characteristics of someone with a generous heart. These individuals are always looking for ways to give more than is expected or even needed. We have seen the spirit of generosity in people who didn't have much money to give. But they gave of themselves time and time again with acts of service, fulfilling their own responsibilities, and then doing the work that others left undone as well. This is generosity. When people are looking for ways to withhold more than is due, it's the spirit of poverty at work in their lives. Not wanting, I, you know, this other person didn't do as much. They didn't bring as much. Thank goodness Karen has some generosity in her. Because I was gone all week. Didn't have time to bring anything to the Seder Food Fellowship. And we were totally worn out and didn't get in until later. Already in the office doing radio television, other things, preparing to leave again, working all day tomorrow. But there are some people with generosity that fill the gap. Amen? Amen? If you didn't have generosity, oh, pastor should have brought something too. Well, I hope nobody said that. If you did, you better repent. Pastor and his wife are going hard right now for five weeks. Really hard we're working. Moving, ministering, traveling. Paul commended the Philippine, you know, the Philippians for their generosity in supporting his ministry when they gave beyond 
what was expected. He commented on it. Why for us to take a look, take note? Hey, there's truth here. How God feels about generosity. And filled up what was lacking in Paul's needs due to the lack of giving on the part of other Macedonians. Paul gave a great prophetic word to the Philippians that was triggered by their generous giving. Philippians 4, 10 through 19. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you were surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Paul's saying, hey, my attitude would remain the same anyway. But you've done well because God expected that. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only, you only, for even a Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek a gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full and have received from. And he names the person. The things you sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God will reward you out of his generosity. Because of your generosity, you become more like God. And you will be blessed and rewarded. It'll add to your account how God judges the way we spend our time, our money, our resources on earth to extend the kingdom of God. Conclusion. Generosity is a result of the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5. 5. Paul expressed his deep love for the Christians at Corinth. The love of a father for his children, which will be withheld nothing in terms of love they need. The form in which would be manifested. A father would do what he can for his children. A good father. Holding nothing back. Sacrificing. If need be, dying. 2 Corinthians 12, 14 through 15. Now for the third time, I am ready to come to you. And I will not be burdensome to you. For I do not seek yours, but you. I don't seek what you have. I seek you. I want to love on you, the person. Prepare you for heaven. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Wow. He knew that sometimes if you really try to prepare a person properly for heaven, they don't appreciate it. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. So that's why some parents don't correct their kids. Some pastors don't 
deal with a person. They just let them continue to go to their church, not say a thing, when they can see that they're not living a life pleasing to God. This is a love that keeps giving until there is nothing left to give. This is the generous heart of this apostle, a life completely poured out for Christ's body. This was my grandma, Letta Hansen. China, concentration camp, could have escaped it all, gave it all on her death certificate. What was the cause of death? She was worn out. Didn't die of disease, she was just worn out, is what they said. She gave it all to the church. She wore this body out. Total generosity is God's heart. Have God's heart. Appreciate what this Passover season's all about, that God judgment has passed over us. We don't have to have sins taken on our mortal bodies. We can have life eternal forever and ever. We can appreciate forever the love of God because His love is so generous. It's total generosity. And give that love to other people. 360-629-5248. Operators are there if you don't need to call and find Jesus today. May God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.